Hi, I'm Brent Stafford and welcome to another edition of RegWatch on GFN.TV. If you listen only to establishment voices within tobacco control, you naturally would be suspicious of big tobacco and its promises of reduced risk products. After all, so the story goes, big tobacco was less than truthful about nicotine and its addictive nature. They fooled the public with so-called light or low-tar cigarettes, and the industry's decades-long quest for a safer cigarette proved nothing more than a smokescreen. For these reasons and others, tobacco control feels burned by the past promises of the tobacco industry. Yet here we are in 2023, and many of the world's largest tobacco companies are in a race to reduce the harm caused by tobacco use via new safer nicotine products like vaping, oral tobacco, and heat not burn. Joining us today to discuss the progress tobacco companies may or may not be making towards risk-reduced products is David Genazzo, interim co-president at the Foundation for a Smoke-Free World and program officer for the Tobacco Transformation Index. David, thanks for coming on the show. You're welcome. So here on RegWatch and GFN.TV, we talk an awful lot all the time about tobacco harm reduction. But your work with the Tobacco Transformation Index actually measures it. Tell us about the index, how did it start, and what's its purpose? The Tobacco Transformation Index aims to accelerate the reduction of harm caused by tobacco use, and it does so by ranking the relative progress or the lack thereof of the 15 largest tobacco companies in the world. It's conducted in two-year cycles. Uh, The most recent index was published last fall, the 2022 version of the Tobacco Transformation Index. Um, We did not invent the concept of an index, the benchmark, a league table. These these are concepts that have been around for a while and indeed have been implied uh, with with some effectiveness to other uh, industries and sectors, including some controversial ones. And so we're taking these learnings. Uh, We're taking these best practices and attempting to apply them to the tobacco industry with the objective of monitoring and tracking tobacco company commitments and performance over time. Let me ask you, David, about the theory of change and measuring the horse race. What does that mean? We're assuming that the the companies, really the managers and the owners of the companies will operate in their self-interest. We don't we don't perceive that that they'll operate for the public good. Although although we think think in this case uh, uh, the reduction of harm caused by tobacco is is in the in the benefit of, of public health, but we assume uh, the companies will operate in, in their self interest. So with that, there are some levers that can be encouraged through through research like the index. You know, one being competition uh, to to incentivize competition across the companies to uh, perform better. Then, then appear, or, or what, what we often hear from uh, folks that we dialogue with is, is not good versus bad as it pertains to tobacco, but bad versus less bad. Uh, but, but competition, uh, comparing one to the other, uh, one. Um, two is differentiation. You know, your, your opening uh, remarks went back to a time of a, a tobacco industry that was viewed as, as a monolithic entity moving in, in lockstep, you know, for, for harmful pur- purposes and well-documented and known and understood. But I think what the index is showing is differentiation is, is forming. Companies have different strategies, different levels of execution, uh, different levels of transparency, and that, that's coming, coming forth. 
in the index. And, and finally, the concept of constructive uh, engagement. I, I personally don't believe, and in, in, in the, the foundation's view as well, is that divesting and bans are not part of the solution. The, the smoking ep epidemic is, is the, the problem is too large, too vast, too uh, too ingrained in in a billion plus smokers, and and wishing it away is is not a feasible solution. So, uh, data analysis in the hands of of, of any and all uh, investors, researchers, media who have some influence ultimately over the the companies and and their managers and and the owners through some level of engagement is is, is preferable to. In, in essence, ignoring the problem. Is that objective then the complete elimination of combustible tobacco use? Well, I, th I think in that case, we get to the foundation, the foundation for a smoke-free world. Um, its mission is to end smoking uh, in this generation. Uh, the index is one uh, of, of three areas in, in which the foundation allocates its funds uh, in, in roughly in, in, in rank order of doing so. Health and science research, is, is what we uh, allocate most of our funds um, toward. Agriculture diversification, uh, helping smallholder tobacco farmers uh, diversify transition away from tobacco. And, and we're doing this work in, in uh, Malawi. And then industry transformation as, as uh, executed through the Tobacco Transformation Index. I'm all, I also happen to be the CFO of, of the foundation and, and you'll, you can expect to see our financial reports, uh, what we've accomplished in uh, 2022 and, and how we allocated our funds, as well as some plans for going forward. You know, that information will be made publicly available in the coming months, specifically in, uh, in May. Let me ask you then about the Foundation for a Smoke-Free World. The index is a project of the foundation, as you said, and some in tobacco control have concerns regarding the foundation's funding. What can you say about that? We've heard time and again through our uh, stakeholder consultation, that the credibility of an index is based in large part on the avoidance of perception of undue industry influence, including industry funding. Uh, we, we understand that. And we've been very clear and transparent. And, and anybody who knows us know, knows that the foundation is funded through Philip Morris International. Uh, we've, we, we take that head on and in our view and, and shared by many of, of our, our dialogue participants, while industry funding uh, in connection with the Tobacco Transformation Index is not ideal, uh, we believe it's preferable to the alternative of no action, of doing nothing in this case, uh, because the scale, the urgency, and the persistence of the harm caused by tobacco requires new approaches, and the index is, is one vehicle, uh, complementary to many others, uh, to accelerate the material progress toward, toward the reduction of harm. Isn't the big issue here is that some people just don't believe that the tobacco industry has any place in the future? You know, they, they want to see the industry gone, uh, they, and any kind of involvement with safer nicotine pro products reduce risk products is seen to be very suspect. Um, and so how do we get over that? That's a tough one. I think, I think you're correct in your observation. You know, I think, I think there is a point of view that the, the tobacco industry, because of their past bad deeds, well-documented, uh, does, does need to be eliminated, is not part of the solution. 
that the um, programs, technologies, uh, products that they're bringing to a market now are yet just another ploy to, to continue to uh, uh, addict um, users on, on nicotine so that they can sell their products over time. I, I think I think it's a lot more complex than that. I, I think you know we're we're familiar with the statistics: a billion plus smokers and, and users of tobacco worldwide, eight million plus deaths per year. Most some eighty percent in low and middle income countries. You know, un unfortunately, this the problem won't solve solve itself. And so uh, we're you know we're attempting to to bring uh, new tools, new new solutions. Um, to uh, toward toward solving that that problem. Now we last uh, discussed the Tobacco Transformation Index on this show back in 2020, and at that time the index showed marginal progress by tobacco companies in reducing the harm of combustible tobacco. Now two years later, has there been any change? Still early stages. You know, I would say there's been incremental incremental moves. This this problem will take a long time. You know, a, a long time to find adequate solutions to. So, but now we have two indexes. We we have the the 2022 version, uh, which which actually um, measures results over the period of 2019 through 2021, uh, and we can compare that to to the, the the set two years prior, which which was released in in 2020. Still early stages. You know, I, I think we're seeing some factors form in the areas of of uh, differentiation and early momentum toward toward harm reduction. Overall, you know, I would say marginal incremental movement. So, uh, comparing that, uh, comparing uh, the scores of of the companies from 2022 versus 2020, and there were some slight changes to the methodology in 2022 that we disclosed, and so we restated uh, the, the prior results to make that apples and apples comparison. Um, Ten companies increased score from one to the other. Five companies decreased. Uh, let me make a, a, a point here. The index is a is a relative measure on a scale of zero to five. So it's really not a value call on good versus bad. It, it may be bad versus less bad, but but it is it is a tool to compare. You know, on a relative basis, companies' uh, level of commitment, performance, and transparency, and then observe changes over time. So we're we're the second round in, we can compare that to, to number one, and we're actually in the early stages of, of planning the third index, which we will release later in uh, 2024. Yeah, and I just uh, got some of the slides up uh, that we were seeing of the index, and I'm over here to the key findings. And just to reiterate that the tobacco industry has not phased out high-risk products or transitioned smokers to reduced-risk products quickly enough to achieve the goal of ending smoking in this generation. So, I mean, that's pretty strong. I mean, it's, it's not happening yet. It's not happening fast enough. You know, I, I think, I think the data and the analysis shows that. So I, for, you know, for example, in, in 2021, uh, across the, the index companies, still at that point, 95% of what they sold by volume is in the category of the highest risk tobacco products, basically combustible tobacco. And, and other toxic forms of, um, of, of smokeless as well, but 95%, which means that only 5% of what the uh, largest tobacco companies sold in 2021 was among the reduced risk products. Now, some did more, some did less, uh, but you're still 
selling uh, the most harmful of, of the products at, at this point. I think one of the most uh, illustrative uh, slides that you have is the ranking by product sales, as you were just talking about. And it do, you do really see, actually, though, that there are some companies that are making the move. That's right. So, so Swedish Match, uh, which divested its cigarette business a couple of decades ago, has been the leader uh, you know, due, due to its uh, smokeless uh, variety of, um, of, of tobacco and nicotine products. Now, Swedish Match, of course, was recently acquired by Philip Morris International. Uh, we published the index before that acquisition happened. To your point, you see some other moves among among the multinationals. Uh, some are a little more aggressive with it than others. You know, others have had missteps, move forward, move back, and then you know, to to the to the right half of this slide, so to speak. You know, very little, and in some cases, no no action toward uh, toward tobacco harm reduction. Now, looking at the right side of that uh, slide, it's pretty clear that there are some commonalities between the companies that are not really participating at all. They seem to, you know, be from certain areas of the globe and from companies that are owned by nation states. What can you say about that? It's it's a rather complex issue, right? So, so you know, you, you would look at the data, you would look at the analysis and say, for the most part, you know, the the multi the, the publicly traded multinational companies are at the upper half of um of of the of the ranking if you will they're they're at they're obviously uh, responsible to shareholders you know and and other stakeholders they have fiduciary responsibilities and such you know as as you do get to the lower uh portion of of the index scoring and ranking you see uh a number of the state owned players you see the uh, a number of the privately held um, uh, companies around the world. It, it's a it's a more complex theory of change. You know, we have not uh, we have not cracked that code yet, and uh, actually we'll be we'll be looking to uh, uh, a dialogue with with stakeholders on it. But but it's a clear observation. Are these products these reduced risk products for those companies say in the West that you know, are really participating in this transformation? Could we actually assume that they might actually replace combustible cigarettes in terms of actual product sales, revenue, and profit? Over the long term, I, I, I do think it's possible, right? And so even, even to the extent, you know, the index is, is putting forth this data, in, in that investors, I, I've, I've seen some conduct analysis uh, that say investors are willing to pay more on an on, on evaluation measure, measure such as Price to earnings, or a so-called P to E ratio. What is an investor willing to pay for a dollar of earnings? We see investors willing to pay a little more for companies that are a little more aggressive, uh, more more advanced in their development and application of tobacco harm reduction in the products uh, versus those that that are not. So investors at this point are are making that bet. Look, it's a it's a it's a it's a long haul, you know, and in some cases we're looking at leading indicators on the part of the companies in terms of capital investment, research and development, M and A. Some are more aggressive, others more hesitant, and no doubt it, it'll it'll be a, a long haul. You've got a great slide here for the twenty two uh, the twenty twenty two index versus twenty twenty. These companies, you know, we don't see how much they're investing, but we're seeing them in relation to each other. What can you say about the relation and and are we talking billions of dollars here? You are. 
Uh, you are talking billions of dollars. So, you know, on, on a relative basis, again, consistent with the ranking and scoring as developed by the Tobacco Transformation Index, it's the publicly traded multinationals um, uh, at, at the top. And there, you know, there is some differentiation there. We do look at, at the capital uh, allocation category, research and development, capital expenditures, M&A as a potential leading indicator. Uh, necessary but not sufficient. You know, it's it's a, it's po it's possible that some of these investments may not bring returns that the companies uh, hope. That you know, it's possible that that companies could change their strategies or tactics down the road. But we we look at it as a leading indicator, such that product development and product sales will follow. And as as, as part of the uh, tobacco transformation in the index, which actually is actually much more than that rating and ranking. There's a whole series of of research and reports that go with it. Uh, within the main index report are a series of uh, company scorecards, one per 15, which do bring forth some of the statistics that you're referencing on product sales and capital, uh, capital investment. Do the tobacco companies participate in the gathering of data and so forth for the index? The, the 15 companies are invited to participate. We do this for, for obvious reasons. We do this in a very carefully controlled and documented manner. It's conducted by the foundation's index research partner, Euromonitor International. And Euromonitor invites the 15 companies to, to participate. We've, we've conducted this cycle uh, very similarly, index one and index two. They're invited to participate, but only in a particular way. And that is to provide input on the methodology, the design of, of the of the index and to provide comments on the data compiled by Euromonitor as it pertains to that company, no, no others. Uh, in the second cycle, six of the 15 participated to some degree, which means nine did not participate at all. Uh, that is documented, the, the, the nature, the content, the timing of those interactions is documented, uh, as well as some of the content we we, we grouped together some of the key comments, feedback that, we, that were received from the companies and how the index dealt with it. So, so yes, we, we, we feel that, that uh, uh, having the index informed through the, the knowledge and the expertise of the companies done correctly, done properly, done transparently is a, is a benefit to the, to, to the process and the, and the product. David, I'd like to turn now to a discussion about the bans that have been going on worldwide. And we look at the ranking of product sales, the 2021 ban on reduced risk products across the 36 countries in the index scope. And it is something that we should be talking about here because there's plenty of countries that have been moved to either ban e-cigarettes or ban heat, not burn. And I mean, boy, that seems to be they're, they're completely opting out of this transformation. The foundation for a smoke-free world does not believe that bans, uh, bans are the answer. And, 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 and to your point, you, you can see right there. In, in fact, through, through the index, uh, the index itself, the, the, the scoring and the ranking from, from the one through 15 is done on a consolidated level. You know, some, some, of, the, some of these companies operate in dozens of markets. Other in just uh, other others in just one. There is a series of research on the Tobacco Transformation Index website called Company Country Analysis that drills down into a number of countries for which the reduced risk products are available and demonstrates 
what what the companies are doing there. Of course, in some companies they are offering the products, in in others not. And there's you know there's also a range of, of performance there as well. So I I think I think the point of the index is to hold the companies accountable for for uh, contributing to harm reduction where it's legal, where it's not. That that's you know that that's another issue. Again, I, I think I think the index over time will bring light will bring light to to, to these issues and and allow you you and others to make assessments on it. Let's get back to measuring the race, I guess, is the best way to put it. And you spoke about investors. Are investors adopting the index? Are they using the index robustly? Some investors are. Uh, I, I think, I think there, there's, a, there's a range of behavior. Um, some, some investors, and I've, I've seen research on it, have, have opted, uh, opted for divestment. In other words, selling or not, not playing, not investing in t- tobacco stocks at all. And and there, there is a, a school of thought, and, and and there are other efforts out there that say, well, tobacco is just so bad that no one should invest in it. I I think that's I think that's short-sighted and cannot be effective uh, because you know there ultimately will be some investors that will opt to invest. I think another factor is the evolution of ESG, environmental, social, and governance-based investing. Uh, it's it's in flux. You know, a lot is happening uh, in in that area, and, and it has its own controversies. But I I, I do think, and with with some some investment analysis, uh, some, some investment background in my past, investors do value data, and they do value objective analysis. And I think I think for those investors who opt to invest in tobacco, they're really looking for a framework to invest in tobacco responsibly, responsibly, right? To, to be able to invest in that way and to, to be able for institutional investors to, to communicate to their investors that, that, it's, that it's doing such. So I, I would put forth the Tobacco Transformation Index as a framework to think about how investors could uh, conceivably invest in tobacco stocks in a, in a responsible, socially responsible manner. I see ESG as kind of like some form of measurement of virtue that gets attached to a company. And it's that kind of process. So ESG investing is is kind of in investing in companies that have virtue, at least in whatever you frame that as. And so tobacco companies, you know, they're virtue less. And as they've been moving towards risk-reduced products, the index in a way provides some measure to be able to, to see that. I, I agree with that. You know, I, I'll I'll, uh, I'll I'll repeat uh, what I what I said earlier. The index provides a a formal framework, a, a methodology. You know, we we understand the history of tobacco. We understand that up to you know ninety five percent of the products they sell today are the are the most deadly. But if we if we do want to achieve if we do want to achieve a socially improved outcome, how do we go about it? Do do we leave the table? Or do we attempt to, uh, you know, assess, understand, and influence, perhaps, you know, be- better outcomes? And I, I think some some investors will opt to, will opt out, will opt to divest. Uh, others, others will will opt to constructively engage, but they'll need they'll need uh, a framework to do so, you know, for themselves and for explaining it to others. And I think this this is a step in that direction. 
and and really the uh, a main uh, main objective of the index is to is to inform through data you know data objective analysis uh, connecting the dots on a on a rather complex topic and and putting in that in the hands of others uh, for for their purposes and, and their objectives but but ultimately to to engage to get to get the industry and companies at at, at the table and and to change uh, change the behavior relative to the past. David, what has the response from tobacco control been to the index overall? Not surprisingly, there's been criticism. Uh, there's been opposition, uh, even going back to our initial stakeholder dialogues in um, 2019. There was some serious opposition to it. Um, in some cases, it's been it's been ignored. Uh, look, we we'll, we'll keep plugging away, and we strive for transparency. You know, so from uh, design methodology, um, ex external advisory, uh, industry engagement, uh, reports and publications, uh, we 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 strive to to do that in an open way to make that information available for for any and all to evaluate what we're doing. And 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 I you know I would I would I would ask and I I would hope that that the index is is evaluated for uh, the research that it produces the findings that it makes and not necessarily that it's that it's conducted by the Foundation for a Smoke Free World which has which has funding from Philip Morris International. David, I know you're familiar with the Global Forum on Nicotine and its annual conference on safer nicotine products and tobacco harm reduction. GFN is coming up again this June, from June 21st to the 24th. Let me ask you, why is an event like GFN important? It's, it's very important. The foundation will participate. I will participate. Uh, it's, it's, it's important to collaborate. It's important to share ideas. Uh, it's important to understand uh, the research gaps. Uh, it's important to understand the challenges that, that we face. Um, ultimately, it, it's it's important to, to 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 reach out of our of our own like like-minded view and 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 communicate with with others who who may not share that view. Difficult to do, but it's a, it it is a good opportunity to to collaborate, share best practices, and, and understand what what's in front of us and how how we best go about it. Last question, David: Is there one thing that the tobacco industry could do to quicken the transformation to reduced harm products? And what would that be? I would I would put out this this invitation to to the companies and and in fact to to tobacco control supporters and and critics alike participate in the tobacco transformation index. Uh, we we do have a place for industry engagement. Uh, it is it is controlled. It is documented. It is it is transparent. The companies know their businesses, the technologies their customers better than anybody else. So the expertise really is within those companies. Par participate. Um, we invite input, as I said, supporters and critics alike. Uh, we can't guarantee that we'll always reach agreement. Uh, we certainly invite input and feedback. I can tell you that we will accept it, we will evaluate it, and we will document it. We may or may not agree on the output, but uh, to, to the extent uh, any party uh, is is concerned or may feel that the tobacco transformation index is not adequate, I would say become a part of the solution 
in making it better, and we welcome that. <laughs>